This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. When my phone rings, you found a someone new. Pittsburgh Steel fans, welcome to this bi-week special from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I'm your host of this particular uh, version of the bi-week special, Matt Peverell. I host uh, Steel's War Room, which will be coming up tomorrow. I think my show will be, uh, or, or my BTSC, uh, by breakdown of the season so far, will go live, I think, on Wednesday evening in the US. And then the following day, uh, as part of the noon shows, I'll have my Steel's War Room show. And that show is really centered around how the Steelers build their roster. You know, when we look forward to the draft, we look at things like free agency, uh, at those you know critical times of the year and then in season it's very much a rookie report uh, I'm looking forward to who the rookies that the Steelers could consider drafting in the following year's draft I also co-host uh, with Mark Davison my, my my compatriot from down under uh, Mark Davison and I you know co-host a YouTube show together which goes live in the US uh, Eastern Standard Time in the evening on a Saturday evening. Uh, so we do that show together and that goes into a podcast form. So some people might, you know, watch us uh, religiously, if you like, uh, across YouTube. And then other people might just listen to us on the podcast side. So, you know, you may be familiar with those shows. You may not be. If you are, great to have you listening to this. If you're not, uh, I invite you to check them out, uh, particularly the Saturday show uh, that we've got, uh, you know, Steelers Touchdown Under, because Mark and I, yes, we talk Steelers and we talk stats and we talk players and all the rest of it, but we also like to throw in a bit of culture and lifestyle and we bring the Aussie flavor to it too. So it's a pretty cool show from that perspective. So I guess part of this show as well is really looking at it and going, where are we at with the season so far? It, it's hard. You're three and three, right? So you can't sit there and go, it's all complete doom and gloom. The Steelers still beat three other professional teams in the NFL. And then at the same time, you sit there and you go, well, they're not necessarily going to be the world beaters, uh, to use that phrase. And they're not necessarily a lock for the Super Bowl, put it that way. I think when you look at it too, the team hasn't really scored a hell of a lot of points. Uh, when you look at it, Denver Broncos was a season high of 27. We had the season low of 10 against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we had two games where we saw it scored 17 and the other two were 23. So the scores are actually pretty consistent. So you get in this 17 to 23 range, an outlier of 10 on the low side and an outlier on the other side of 27 there. So there's not a huge spread, which tells you that the defense has got to come up big. And, and we saw that, um, you know, I'm recording this live on my Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so if in that respect, uh, you know, it's the day after the game for me, 24 hours or so after the game finished. And so, you know, we saw the defense come up with a big play there with TJ Watt, you know, sealing the deal uh, with that, with that forced fumble uh, and Devin Bush collecting it. But going back to in terms of overall thoughts of the season so far, I think what you see here is a Steelers team that are, you know, going to rely on the run. They're going to rely on the defense and, 
not making mistakes. You know, that's the big thing. And we look at Big Ben and he's only had four interceptions on the season. Yes, he's only had seven TDs and went through six games. But even if he only gets to 30 TDs, right, even only 25, if we don't see those interceptions, if he could get through the season with 10 interceptions and 25 touchdowns, I'd be happy. You know, 30 touchdowns, 11, you know, interceptions. But, you know, I don't want to see 13 interceptions and 25 touchdowns. That's going to be a problem. Or 13 interceptions and even, you know, 28 touchdowns. That's going to be a problem. So I think when we really look at this, we've got to sit there and go, it's about not creating extra work for the defense. It's, you know, because they're going to get the old score here and there. You know, I mean, I know they really haven't too much to date. I'm not sure they've completely, no, I don't think they've returned for pick six. Uh, you know, a fourth fumble return for a touchdown. But they will. At some point, they will. Uh, and, you know, you're going to see the special teams contribute like they did in week one against the Buffalo Bills as well. So I think when you look at the season, it's not all doom and gloom like the pundits pre- predicted, but there are even the, you know, Rosie's Cheeks Steeler fan, you know, sitting there might be going, okay, I've had a bit of a level set. So, but this is the other thing about this team, and I'm going to talk about this more on the Steelers Touchdown Under this week because uh, Mark and I have talked about it a lot. And that is, I said before the season, and you know, when I featured on Let's Ride with Jeff as well, you know, who, who complimented me on, you know, being a straight shooter, I'd rather a team that's battle hardened, whether that's, whether they, even they go 16 0 and they're battle hardened, or they're a team that has losses. I want a battle hardened Steelers team that goes into the playoffs. I don't want a team that's just one easy, you know, lost one, two games, thinks everything's, you know, hunky dory because the playoffs is like a second season and it requires you to step up in big moments. The pressure's dialed up. And this is a fairly, actually, relatively young Steelers team when you look at it. Like if you look about, look at all the players that have, you know, played in the receiving um, or the rushing, you know, game from the offensive side of the football, most players are 25 or under. Ben Roethlisberger is the outlier there at 39. Eric Ebon's 28. Everyone else is 26 or under. Uh, and actually, sorry, excluding Derek Watt, he's 29. But it gives you a perspective here. You know, Najee, 23. Benny Snell, 23. You know, not that he's a massive contributor. You know, I said Balazs, 26. Juju is obviously injured, but he's 25. Chase is 23. Deontay is 25. Pats, Freemuth's 23. Washington is 25. Ray Ray's 25. Gentry's 25. Cody White's 23. They're young guys. By the time you get to the playoffs, those guys, some of them have never even experienced a playoff game, but the majority of them haven't. So that's why I say, like, you want a battle-hardened team uh, going into the playoffs this year. And and that's what I'm excited about, about this team is, that, yes, they're 3-3 three and three going to the bye. They've got the big games coming up. They've had a lot of injuries too. You've had two it out. You've had Banner out. Um, you know, you had TJ Watt miss a game and a half. You had Hayden out one of the games as well. You know, we've had... Different guys off the field. You've had Claypool, you know, out. Juju's obviously been out last now, the last week or so. Um, you know, from that perspective, I think Washington's even, I think, had a game out as well. So yeah, he did. So when you look at it from that perspective, like this team, and I'm just talking about the offensive guys, when you can go through the defensive, you know, two are being out, uh, you know, and what have you. But and obviously I mentioned TJ Watt there, but what, what I'm more mean to say is that this team is going to develop. Uh, this team is going to get a lot of experience this season and we're going to be better for it. And that's what I'm excited about. That's what I think you've got to be really positive about going into the back half of this season. That's the thing to just, just use that as your level set. 
you know, there are seven teams that make the playoffs now uh, and there are teams going to be a lot worse off than us, uh, particularly if we win some divisional games too. You know, the more divisional games we can win and we can nick, you know, nick games off other people, the better. You know, the Bills, uh, you know, that was a key win for us in, in the AFC uh, you know, when you look at what we're able to do last night against the Seahawks too, eventually Russell Wilson's coming back, uh, you know, so that's going to be a challenge for the other AFC North teams that have to have to play Russell Wilson, you know, just, just for example. Um, so, yeah, that that's sort of, I guess, the summation of where I'm at with the season so far. I'm, thank God we're at 500, uh, you know, even though the refs, you know, I agree with Tom on that was an embarrassment. I hated it as well. Uh, but, but we're three and three get a buy, get some players back over the next couple of weeks once they come back. You know, there's a couple of what we would say easier potential games uh, when you think about Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, et cetera. It's an opportunity for us to get one back against the Bengals and start to get on a bit of a roll. So offensive MVP, uh, that was one of the key, you know, there are a couple of key questions that we're going to run through here. Offensive MVP, defensive MVP, Sorry, uh, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, uh, best and worst moments so far, and where do the Steelers go from here? So offensive MVP. This is a really hard one, I think, for me uh, when I really look at it because it's easy to say Najee Harris, and I think he's had a terrific, you know, terrific start to this, his rookie season, um, you know, really terrific start. But I also can't go past Deontay Johnson. You know, Deontay Johnson, you know, he has 376 yards, you know, from the receiving side of the football. He's caught 34 of 50 uh, yards per reception is 11.1. He's got three TDs. We know the two first drive uh, TDs that he had in consecutive weeks, long of 50. Uh, so, you know, receptions per game, he's almost averaging 7-7. Seven, seven. His catch rate is 68%, uh, which, you know, He's up there for the for the amount of targets that he's get he gets as well. Between rushing and touchdown receptions, he's getting, you know, 35 um, you know, over the course of the season. So, you know, it's I find it, I just think the difference that he's made. That being said, I am going to give it to Nashi Harris. I think you got it. I think you got it with the with the amount of targets and receptions that he's had. Catch rate of seventy three point nine percent, seven point two yards per reception, two hundred and fifty yards in the receiving game, two TDs, the longer twenty five. That awesome run that he did that he scored that TD was against the Raiders. I think it was uh, from that perspective. You know, receiving yards per game, you know, is forty point seven. So, you know, it's incredible. He's averaging 136. He's always had 136 touches on the year as well. Uh, yards from scrimmage is 632. That's an incredible number for a rookie through six games, you know, to average there, you know, over 105 yards. Um, you know, he's had four receiving and uh, rushing touchdowns combined, zero fumbles, which I think is really important for rookie running back. That's awesome confidence going through the season. It shows what a big body difference makes. Uh, you know, he's had 102 rushing attempts, 388 yards, two TDs, the long and 20 on the rushing. He's a grinder. He's going to grind it out. He's got a 3.8 average. Um, and considering how far behind the line of scrimmage he's been forced by this offensive line, particularly through the first four weeks of the season, this is this is these are miracle numbers. These really are miracle numbers. So, uh, you know, Najee Harris, offensive MVP for me. Do you have the defensive side of the football? And that's a really difficult one, I think, uh, when you really look at it because it's hard to – the ba- hard balance is Cameron Haywood and Minka Fitzpatrick. That's, that's – uh, 
Minka Fitzpatrick's had a heap of tackles as well. That's why I said it, because I pulled their tackles up. But it's actually what I meant to say more so was uh, TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward. Seven sacks through five games there with TJ. Uh, three forced fumbles. Three pass defense. I mean, Cameron Hayward's got five pass defense. You know, he's leading that line. One forced fumble, one fumble uh, recovery, and two sacks, and 36 tackles versus TJ's 21. Uh, but he's only got three quarterback hits to TJ's 12. Tackles for a loss is five versus seven. It's got to be TJ Watt. Uh, you know, I think Minka, you know, and that's why I had a bit of a Freudian slip part there. I think Minka is an unsung hero of the defense, but I think I'm going to have to give TJ Watt the defensive MVP for him for me because, you know, you miss one game and just still have those stats. He is coming in on a tear. You know, I love to see him get rewarded with a, you know, definitely with a, uh, you know, defensive player of the year award he's deserved it the last two years for me, particularly against in 2019, Gilmore. Uh, so, so yeah, look, let's see where it goes. But if TJ can continue these numbers, that'll be fantastic. I still don't think he's going to play every game that we've got to come after the bye, but I don't think he's going to need it. I actually don't think he's going to need it. Biggest surprise of the season so far. Uh, that for me is Trey Norwood. I think Trey Norwood's proving his versatility. He's starting to make some plays. He's a seventh-round draft pick. He's looked to me a lot more comfortable in the defense than I think James Pierre has, to be honest. You know, and I know he went to the season a bit of a James Pierre. You know, not I'm not you know the biggest world's biggest fan. Uh, you know, of James Pierre, but I don't think he's bad at either. I just you know I'm not I'm not on that bandwagon necessarily. I am on Trey Norwoods. I do think he's a Swiss Army knife in this defense. I think he's this typical Steelers, you know, grinder sort of player that's willing to develop and what have you. You know, I know Jeffrey Benedict talked earlier in the season about him being further along, um, you know, than perhaps than perhaps uh, Cam Sutton was at this stage, you know, and then, you know, in his career. So, yeah, for me, bigger surprise, Trey Norwood. I hope he can keep it up. I hope he can stay healthy as well. He's 22, you know, I wouldn't necessarily mean so far as say sky's the limit, but when you're a seventh round draft pick and you're playing like this, uh, you know, he could be a long-term part um, and contributor in different situations for this Steelers defense. Biggest disappointment of the season so far, I would have to say, you know, I'm not going to pick apart the offensive line because I don't, you know, compared to some of my other BTSC colleagues, uh, you know, they're better to do that when it comes to the to the offensive line. I do think I think Kendrick Green had some great blocking yesterday against the Seahawks um, or in this week's game against the Seahawks. For me, the disappointment is Showbit, to be honest. I, I I thought Showbit might do a little bit more, uh, you know, and I know that's sort of an interesting thing to say. He's got four pass defense, you know, and that's up there with Cameron Sutton and, you know, James Pierre and, you know, what have you. But expected a bit more from him. I expected to see a tackle for a loss at this point. I expected to see some bit more playmaking. He's got some tackles, which is great, but I expected to see more, uh, you know, and I know he's adjusting. Maybe, maybe he goes from one of the biggest disappointments to the, to the, you know, bright spots on this team over the course of the next, uh, you know, uh, 11 games. Maybe that happens. I would also say Derek Watt continues to be a big disappointment for me. But, I mean, at this point, it's more of the biggest disappointment expectation uh, there. And I know Dave Scofield did a very good stat geek that you can go back and listen to earlier in the season. Um, You know, I think it was in week four of the season, I think it was where, or week three, where he talked about, you know, the whole ISO play, if you play Madden and what have you, and, and you know, the Steelers have not been, the defenses are not giving the Steelers uh, the looks 
that makes sense uh, to play Derek Watt. But at the same time, I, I don't think he's necessarily made the, the awesome contribution on special teams uh, that justifies the amount of money that they're paying uh, Derek Watt. Best and worst moments so far. Yeah, I think I kind of expected them to drop the Bengals game, losing the Raiders game. That was just the overall was just a disappointment for me. Uh, I, th- I think there and, you know, a couple of the interceptions, you know, from Ben, I, I just, yeah, I just didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy that game. I, like I went in that game pumped after watching the Ravens game um, against Vegas the week, the week before. And I, I, yeah, it just, it just left so much to be desired from me. Um, you know, I, yeah, it just—I left me with a sour taste in my mouth, so I'm just going to call that overall the biggest disappointment. Um, sorry, the the worst moment of the season so far for me. The best moment, uh, I think, you know, it's hard to go past that pump block in week one, but TJ did it with that false fumble yesterday. Thank gosh. And then I think to wrap it up, I talked about this in terms of overall thoughts of the season, but I think to wrap it up, the Steelers continue from here. They continue to build and develop. I do think we're probably a 10 and 17 uh, at this rate in time, um, you know, maybe even a nine and eight team. But if we're a nine and eight team, as long as we can, you know, make sure we're winning these divisional games, I think we can scrape through. But you never know what if they, they could go on a run. They could go on a run. They just need some things to go their way. And suddenly, you know, they're 11 and six. Um, but I think we're going to drop, if we drop three games in this first six game stretch, we're going to drop at least three games in the coming, you know, because you've got, you know, Cleveland, you've got the Chargers. And I don't know, we should see if they have this mid-season stumble. We've got Baltimore twice. We've got Kansas City going late into the season. We've got Tennessee, um, you know, and the Steelers, we know, are probably going to drop a game that we expect them to win. Uh, Baltimore, the last week of the season, um, the regular season, January 9, is going to be interesting in week 18. Who knows what's going to happen there? But we're on the up, Steelers fans. You know, I think at worst we're going to finish with six wins. Uh, but I don't I, honestly. I think we can get. I think we can scrape through to double digits and hit ten wins for the season. But I'm Matt Peveril. This is your bye week set special from BTSC. Uh, enjoy the bye. Listen to all the Steelers content. We're going to get you pumped. 